recording without you noticing and then you got nervous. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're going to start now. <laughs> Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm Mariana Marroquin. And I'm Leo Cadillachuafe. And this is Andre Elemont. Hi, welcome back. We're at it again. Well, this is episode two. Mm-hmm. Episode two um, is about me. It is about you. Leo Uh I just... I get to interview a friend. I know, which is really cool. And also, this is going to sound vain. I'm just excited to talk about I want to talk about me. I know. I sound really obnoxious, but I I like her. She is obnoxious. That's why I like her. Thank you. Thank you. you. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so uh, there's so many things I want to ask you. Okay, ask me. Anyway, I am going to be as real as possible. And I'm aware that... Listeners will stop listening after about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so between an hour, between 45 minutes and an hour is kind of like that sweet spot. Oh, yeah. True. So we're going to try to stay in that sweet spot. Yeah. Let's be honest. Probably won't happen, but we'll try. Try. Yes. Okay. So my first question, and like, obviously, like, it'll take us wherever it takes us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my first question is, who is Leocadia Twafe? Who is Leocadia Chwafe? <laughs> like if you use if you use one word to describe you. Um ooh, or I a phrase, because a word's a lot. Your word's a lot. Okay, maybe I'll do like I'll toss in several words. That's okay. for me. Loud. Loud. Passionate. Passionate. Um devoted. Devoted. Loyal. Um, obnoxious is a good one. <laughs> obnoxious. Uh, gosh, I feel those are the words to describe me. I think, I think people would describe me as someone who is very loud and passionate, but someone who's a loyal person. And I think someone who like means well, like, mm-hmm. like, like someone who everything I do is I try to do with like good intentions and I think I'm someone who I'm like very devoted to like my friends and my family. Those are people that mean a whole lot to me. And I think the passion comes in with like my work. Like mm-hmm. I am a daughter of immigrants, which is also another thing I can describe myself. It's something that I'm just a daughter of immigrants, something that means a lot. It's not my whole identity, but it plays a huge role in my identity. Um, or as, actually, you know, I'm going to phrase it this way. I, I'll phrase this question this way. When I think about if I write my book one day, if I already have like a memoir. When? We don't use the words if around here anymore. Okay, okay, I'm sure. done using them. And I already know that listeners are listening and they're like, you better take your own advice. Right. Sure. So when you write your book. When I, the way I put it this way is to describe myself is when I write my book one day, many, many years in the future, I think a phrase that I would describe myself is... A loud, passionate, devoted, but poor black daughter of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it a but though? Why does it have to be a but? Like, why do we? I like. Let's talk about that. Let's dissect that. Like, right? And I hear you saying like a lot of like what you are. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Oh my god! I so that's a, this is a really hard question. Yeah. For me. Who. I don't know. <laughs> no crying aloud. I'm just kidding. Okay. I was always crying aloud. Oh my there's always crying She's aloud. She's kind of tearing up. I'm like, I don't know. I got an AM. Um, I have no idea how to describe. Okay, good. And that's good, right? I think, like, I think the thing about me is I'm someone who's 
I'm a very multifaceted person. Yeah, but and who are you? Who am I? I'm Leo Catastrophic. There you go. That is who That's I it. am. That yeah. is. That took forever. Yeah. That, I was like getting emotional. I, I know like, you're. I'm like frustrating her. She's like all over here, like mad. Like, why are you frustrating me in public? I don't know. No, I'm not like frustrated. It's just like it's a loaded question. It's a loaded question in the sense of like, I think when you're right, I describe qualities yeah. about me and maybe different aspects of my life. Like you probably just were like at least like. 15 words of who in I five am minutes, in yeah. five minutes, but the who I am, I think that's a deep question. And honestly, I think there's no, like, there's no specific answer. I'm many things, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's so many things that like encompass me. I have, yeah, yeah you know, no, that's I mean? fantastic. I love that. I'm so excited. Um, and if you guys listen to episode one, you know that mm-hmm. Leo and I are friends. Yes. Who met in one of the most intimate moments <laughs> Of a church service. Sacred. And also, you know, I think that's a good sign. It was the sacred moment that our friendship right then and yeah, there that's, was like. Well, that's when she's like, started like, I want to be your friend. I didn't even know she existed, y'all. Yeah, I was sitting behind her. I was in the back. I was in the back with one of our other good friends. And I was. I was, was sitting next to uh, Diego. Uh, yeah, by that point, I was like friends with Diego either. But I was like starting to get to know him. And so it was funny. I was like, oh, you know, it was shout just, out, shout out to Diego. Shout out to Diego. I love that man so much. He's great. <laughs> I saw him recently. Yeah. Fun. I went to mass on Friday at his job. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I saw him last Monday, but. Look at you. Yeah. Aren't you special? I try. I try. Anyway. So, okay. So you're from Georgia. I am from Georgia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was like a fact. It wasn't a question. Yes. I am from Georgia. But. Mm-hmm. We met in Kansas. Yeah. The st- ooh, we're going to go to that story. You live in Missouri. I live in Missouri. I live on the Missouri side of Kansas City. Uh, The lesser of the Kansases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want any competition. Or okay, beef. here's the deal. I, I just both- love Wyandotte County, and I love... I love Wyandotte County, it. too. I Here's the thing. I live on the... May I shouldn't say where I live because maybe you'll just narrow it down. I live. She lives on the state line. That's a really big part of the. Kansas I know. City. I know. But I don't want someone to be like me. Actually, okay. I'll just say the state line. I don't specify where I live. No. Because if I specified, everybody in Kansas City would know where I live. Exactly. Yes. So I won't specify. But I, I know exactly the, where you live. That's true. But I do live on the state line, so I do like to say. No, here's the thing. Wyandotte County is a close place in my heart because I, I first moved to Wyandotte County and I worked in Wyandotte County. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, yeah, I am from Georgia. Don't hit the desk. Remember the desk is on the computer. The mic's going to pick it all up. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Not Miss Podcaster is here. True. Okay, yeah, I am from Georgia. So I guess I'll go like a long way away. So my parents, as I mentioned, are from Cameroon, which if you don't know, is in Central Africa. It is next door to Nigeria and also next door to the Congo. So if you don't know your African geography, look it up. It's there. It exists. It is a small but mighty country. Um, But my parents uh, immigrated from Cameroon to Savannah, Georgia in 1996. My dad, initially, he got a like a scholarship forward to do his master's in architecture at Georgia Tech. So he went to university in Paris. He's a super smart man. He like won some competition. The first place prize was like go to Georgia Tech. So he went there, liked Atlanta a lot, went back to Cameroon, married my mom. And and between him and his master's or whatever they met or whatever, they got married. And then they moved to Savannah, Georgia, where I was born. And then a year after that, they moved to Atlanta, where my sister and my brother were born. 
two years after like respectively. So I'm the oldest. I have a sister who's two years younger than me and a brother who's two years, who's four years younger than me. Um, yeah. So I grew up in Georgia all my life. I am a Southern girl. I do say y'all all the time. <laughs> she does. You can't see this because this is an audio podcast. I rolled my eyes hard. <laughs> But no, yeah, I grew up in Atlanta all my life. I do love Atlanta. Atlanta, I think, is a really great place. She likes Atlanta now more that the Braves won the World Series. Yes. But do I watch baseball? No, but go Braves. But I literally was teaching her baseball as the Braves were winning the World Series. Yeah, that's true. Um, So that's, you know, the only time I'm devoted to Atlanta sports is when, like, when we get up there, which is not often. If you're from Atlanta or no sports, you know that Atlanta sports were – not that great. Although a soccer team is actually really good. Atlanta United. Okay, first of all. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm just saying. We live in the United States. I know, I no know. No one cares about football around here. Oh. Oh my <laughs> well, anyway, Atlanta United is great. But no, yeah, I yeah, grew up in Atlanta all my life. I love Atlanta. It's a great place. I think I realize that more now that I'm not there anymore. Just because, you know, when you grew up somewhere for a really long time, you're like, oh, I want to move out. And now you're like, oh, that's a really good place. Um, but yeah, but that's where I grew up. And then I went to school at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. Um, literally, I was like, I am not going to go to a Southern school. I want to avoid everyone. I want to study politics. And I'm so she went really far north. For those of us in actual New England, right. <laughs> that's true. So I went pretty far north. But I will say people were like not shocked that I went there because they were like of course she will get in and of course that's the school that she wants to go to like political science but I was just like I don't I didn't want to do something new and different and everyone else went to like some of the big like southern state schools some went out west I was I just went I just went I just went to DC so yeah I was there for four years I studied political science and history um and I didn't know you studied history I did have a minor in history well I have a major in history oh my god Okay, that's, that's why I, I know how to read, read and write. That's why I tell people. <laughs> that's true. I know how to read and write. That's basically it. Right. <laughs> um, but I feel like just like any person who goes to school in D.C. or lives in D.C. or is really interested in politics, D.C. is the place that you want to be. It's like where you want to stay, mm-hmm. ideally. You were there. Wait, what years were you in school? 2015 to 2019. Shoot, you were there when Donald Trump got elected. You know, we're going to talk. I'm going to say this right now. So I was working at the White House under President Obama, obviously, and that election happened. Let me tell you, it was great. It was wild. It was, it was like someone died. Literally the next day, it felt like it was a funeral. I remember going to work at my, like, uh, volunteership at the White House like the next day and like no one was in the office everyone was like in the Rose Garden watching like President Obama be like oh I'm like not like I'm sorry but he was like oh guys this is a situation it was dead it was it was awful it was democ- democracy died that day so you've met Obama in person mm-hmm. uh not like met met but I've attended events where he was at that's cool yeah but Michelle Obama I didn't mean like I didn't like shake her hand but I went to the White House Christmas party that year and like if this was like <sighs> me here she was like across the room and just like I was in the was she wearing a yellow dress or a blue dress that's the real question I was kidding it's <laughs> from that stupid controversy oh yeah yeah okay okay well anyway I forgot where her dress color was I have the video somewhere I can that's pull it crazy up. but yeah anyway so yeah I so someone who like as someone who like went to lived in DC and went to school there, you think you're going to stay there. And then the funny thing about God 
is that he looks at all my plans and goes, this is great. This is funny. And then he laughs in my face and proceeds to do something else. Mm -hmm. So I, senior year, I was like struggling to like find a job. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to stay in DC without working because like DC is like really, really expensive. And I do not come from a family with money. So I don't have the luxury like other like students in the DC area to just like stay in an apartment post-graduation or things like that. Like that is like very expensive. It, I was just really blessed to even be able to go to George Washington and to be able to afford it. I mean, I got some student debt, but like, that's fine. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Join the club. Right. So, but either way, I, the fact that I was able to graduate, like in terms of like being able to afford it is like a miracle. So I was looking online for like jobs and something that I study in school is like refugee work and immigration. Um, obviously, as my parents are from Africa, so Cameroon, so like I'm very yeah, from the entire continent of Africa. Right, that's right. That's why I specified yeah, because no, people go like, you know how angry I get when people say Africa. I oh, they're from Africa. They're from the entire continent. I I, I hate it when people. I don't want to say this, but I hate it when people believe people say like Africa. I was like, it is a vast continent. You have there's you have North Africa, Southern Africa, West, which is Africa, different than and, South Africa, people. You're right, right like, here. Like if you like Central and West and East and Southern and North Africa are like very distinct different regions, all very beautiful and everything, but all have their own distinct things. So when yeah. people go like, I'm from Africa, it's like, okay, like where? Because depending where, where? like go to, where, where are you from? No, because depending where you're from, your culture is like so different. So yeah. like, I hate when so people say that. So you're from Cameroon. So Cameroon, yeah. So, gosh, I went on a tangent. Um, I can so, get it really going. <laughs> true. <laughs> okay, so I studied. So, so I was looking for jobs, and I was like, I want to do refugee work. I studied in that school. I thought it was great, and so I found AmeriCorps, which, for those who don't know, is essentially like the Domestic Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And then, whatever. Oh, sorry. And then I found a job in Kansas City, Kansas, at Catholic Charities of Northeast Kansas, doing like housing and refugee resettlement. Is the Northeast Kansas the one for the Archdiocese? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so it's not Casey St. Joe. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so the, yeah. So like, I worked on the KCK side. So I saw that and it was like, well, this is refugee work. So this is something I'm interested in. But I was like, I have no, I, I know where Kansas is. I was about to say, I have no idea where I Kansas is. I did before I moved here. Um, but I was like, why would I move to like Kansas? Is the Midwest I have no reason to be there, whatever. But I apply like partially as a joke. Um, so <laughs> if like this is so if anyone who hears this is from my former job, like I, I loved being there, but the initial like two five whatever week of me applying was like, well, this is like a joke. So anyway, I applied, I got an interview, I did the interview, I personally thought I butchered the interview. I was like, well, this is not happening. And around this time, I was telling people, hey, I'm applying to a job like in Kansas. This might be something that I'm doing. I don't know. And everyone was like, that's really weird. Like, why would you go? And anyway, so like a week after the interview, my boss, the lady who ended up being my boss, calls me. She's like, we want you to come. And I was like, oh, shoot, I need to talk to my mom because I am a senior (laughs) in college and still need to talk to my mom. And I'm like, I need to talk to her about this because I had no intention of like this being the actual thing that would come to fruition. So I call my mom and I just call my family. And I was like, okay, there's this opportunity in Kansas City, Kansas doing refugee work. I want to do it. Should I do it? And my mom was like, you should do it. She was like, when's the next time you're going to go to Kansas? You know, that's what she said. (laughs) And I, and the reason I I laugh now is because I'm still here going on three years. Um, yeah. 
Right. And so I was like, it's fine. I told everyone I'm just going to be there for a year because it was a year long thing. Yeah. And I told it'll be for a year and I'll come back to DC, go we'll party out. We'll do all the things we need to do. I was like dead set. And then, and then I we stole you. We, yeah, that's true. All my friends. She is, she, I mean, oh, they can't see you. So they don't know that you're actually here under you're under duress and again <laughs> that's true i could be like chained somewhere <laughs> stop doing that <laughs> sorry so anyway i like moved to kansas city kansas and the story of me moving is actually just really great because that's how i met the religious community that we like talked about and that whole that is a whole another story i'll like dive into that one day i think when you talk about the community more because yeah. that because it's, it's it's a long story and i don't want to go any longer than i need to but it really was a moment of like they had no idea who i was i had no who they who idea they were i was essentially dropped off from the monastery and then they took who dropped me in. You off in front of the monastery uh a family friend of ours oh wow yeah so i i will go into it at some point i didn't even know that Oh yeah. Okay. It's a wild. It's a pretty wild story. Well, I knew that you were living there when we were in. You were. You started living there. I lived there the minute I got there. I yeah, lived there no. for three months. Yeah, but you lived when we were in. When France? we were all in France, yep. right? Yeah. I was. I was holding down the fort when you guys were in France. Yeah. So you know? there was about thirteen of our closest friends, and I almost killed people. <laughs> yeah. That. That's also. An- that's also a wild time. But anyway, I, I really, the story of me getting to the monastery is like very long. And I won't go into it, but essentially it was like a divine intervention. Yeah, like for sure. The Holy Spirit moment because I ended up staying there for three months, which is really great because like I had no place to stay. They opened their doors to me. And now like to this day, I'm like still super close to the community. I yeah. see them all the time, like about once a week, which is great. But all that to say is like I did my... AmeriCorps year also met Marielena I met our friend group I made friends at the job that I was at at the time and then I was like okay I'm gonna move back to Washington DC but I was also at the same time the pandemic started that's true (laughs) right and so everything was like up in the air and like I didn't really have a lot of money because AmeriCorps you get like no money and all this and that and then eventually I found the job that I do now, which is working for this great organization called The One Campaign. Um, and it's an organization that does advocacy work in Africa. So it's essentially like talking to world leaders, or in this case in the US, to members of Congress to make sure that they put aside international money that goes to programs that the one supports in Africa, um, which is really great. It's not a charity organization. I I can go into like charities and mission trips and all that, but it's nothing like that. It really just like advocacy, like getting the people to like pressure. Yeah, them. it's like a lobbyist. It's essentially like a lobbyist. Like yeah. the best way to describe it is like I don't like being called a lobbyist, but that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Like I'm just advocating and having volunteers. We don't advocate. make as much money as a lobbyist. That's right. I don't make as much money. <laughs> um, uh, if I did, I mean, if I didn't have a lot more money, great. But that's beside the point. So that is essentially like what I do. Um, and it's just funny because I've now, besides the job, which is keeping me here in Kansas City, I've developed a really great community. My current boyfriend, he also lives, uh, in the area too. Shout out, shout out. Shout out, shout out. You know who you are. You're still... I still don't know where we are. I'm still I'm still observing you. <laughs> Total joke, guys. Total joke. <laughs> no, but we've been dating for a couple months now, and we're at a phase where we're like pretty serious about our relationship. And so there's it's a so lot. Weird. Huh? It's so weird. It's it's weird. When... At your birthday party, we felt like ancient like people because he's like <laughs> he's older than he's old. Yeah, my boyfriend's 32. thirty. He's thirty. He's turning thirty-one in January. Oh. 
Wow. So he's 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 quite a bit older than me, and like my I'm older than you, and right? And I you. this friend group that I had this birthday party with, Marley, babies, Marlena was there, my boyfriend was there, and they're like one point just sit on the couch, be like we're so old. Um, but- I was reading a book. Yeah, I was reading a book because I was tired. Yeah, and like he was tired too, but he like stayed because he knew this was really important to it, me. Yeah. So anyway, so there's a lot of things that are keeping me in Kansas City, and I love Kansas City. It is a great place to be. I I, don't know, I have just really a great community. So that is how I ended up in Kansas City, um, which is pretty wild because I never thought that I would end up in the Midwest, nor did I think I would stay in the Midwest, but I have a lot of community here. I'm starting to like develop roots here as well. So gosh, yeah, that is how I came yeah, to Kansas City. That's awesome. That's a great story. I think like, so like a lot of people in Kansas City are kind of magnets. Like there's, there's like people who are like royal blue blood kansas city yeah chiefs like, like the whole like the whole tomahawk chalk the whole thing gotta be about them yeah but there's a lot of other people like you and i who are just like where in the hell is kansas city right yeah mm-hmm. and what am i gonna find out there <laughs> <laughs> my family still thinks i live in some yeah like, no like fuck nowhere like, it's an actual city like my <laughs> friends my friends like don't know that like there isn't bells of hay just hanging around. Right, like, if you, like, if you do want to see that, you have to go, like, an hour, an hour, half out. Yeah, I mean, not that much, but, like... Not that much, but, like... <laughs> right, which is not that much, but, like, like in terms of the, the yeah, city. Yeah, no, city, like, like, yeah. You're not gonna we live it. in the suburbs. Like, right. there's gentrification everywhere. Right. Um, Even your neighborhood is pretty gentrified. Oh, my neighborhood is very... It's very gentrified. Even though there's no food there, but that's... Food deserts are a story for a different time. <laughs> um. Okay, cool. So, tell me... So I had two other questions mm-hmm. and then kind of like, just like, you know, free, tell us anything else you want to tell us. Mm-hmm. The one is we talked in our earlier podcast and you've already mentioned Jesus and God and stuff, but when was the last time you concretely saw the grace of God working in your life? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get emotional. Okay. Um, I guess I am gonna get pretty emotional. I'm. You're allowed to cry. Okay, I'm gonna talk about my I'll boyfriend have again. Ew, boyfriends <laughs> are stupid. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm gonna talk about my boyfriend again. Um, I feel... I moved the tissue box for her. Yeah, I'm gonna get emotional. Hopefully, she doesn't need to use it. So, um, I love my boyfriend. He knows I love him. We're great, whatever. But in reference to your question, the last time I saw the grace of God, I I, I feel is like with him. Honestly, uh, it is the, I feel like we mentioned this, like, briefly, like, in the first episode of, like, you're dating someone who's, like, not Catholic, Mm -hmm. I'm dating someone who is Catholic, and my boyfriend is, like, the first, like, actual, like, Catholic that I'm dating, not the like, practicing Catholic that I'm dating. Actual Catholic. Right, actually, yeah, you know what I mean? You know, you have your lukewarm, and, you know, if you do you, but, like, he is, like... No, don't do you if you're lukewarm, I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, continue. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) sorry. Okay, so, but he is, like, he is, like, the first person who is, like, an actual, like, practicing Catholic that I... What does that mean, though? Like, okay, so people who don't know what it means to be an actual practicing Catholic, like, in our circle of friends, that's, like, pretty normal. Right. But what does that mean for people who don't even understand what it means to like be culturally Catholic or Catholic, but not practicing. So I feel like, like actually practicing is like following the faith. Mm -hmm. So that is like, 
going to mass, receiving all the sacraments, like incorporating your faith, like in your daily life, yeah, like living actually, life of sobriety, right? Like living chastity, right? Like within in your state of life, yeah, right? Like intentionally, and I've dated people who I feel like the last person I dated, for example, was like, like culturally like Catholic, and like was just like Catholic by name, but not like like he didn't go to church, he wasn't really into like all of it, whatever. Um, and I didn't think too much about it in the beginning, but really like post breakup, looking back and reflecting, I was like, oh, well, I don't know. This is something that I would have wanted to continue long-term anyway, just cause like personally for me, my faith means a lot to me. Like it has like guided me through a whole bunch of crap. Like it is the reason why I'm staying on my two feet. It has like brought a lot of miracles into my life. Like it's just, it's just something that just really guides me and it's super super important to me and so like going back to like my boyfriend like when I met him I was I was in a very like vulnerable state it was a bit after that breakup with the other guy so like she dyed her hair blonde y'all yeah I I anyone who knows me and knows what happened knows that I went through it my Spotify rap playlist actually shows that I went through it she went through it she like joined a gym and started lifting I started kickboxing yeah I and I'm still at that gym I it was it was like a fuck you you know who you are um but so like when I met my boyfriend I was like four months if you in Florida continue (laughs) I just want to make sure it was really clear if he's listening to the podcast I don't know who it is his name starts with an F no stop we can't do that (laughs) I didn't write his name oh that's that's fine I doubt people listen but he will know exactly who he is so we don't need to go into it but you know exactly who he is if he ever decides to listen um but no so when I met my boyfriend it was like really after that phase at that time and I was in a vulnerable spot but growing learning about who he is and who he whom is my boyfriend boyfriend. my current boyfriend so learning about like who he is what he does his faith plays a huge role in his life he actually was in seminary for four years so that's a huge kicker and for me it was the first time I was dating someone who was like an actual like active catholic so for me in the beginning I'll be honest I was very like like this is like intense like it's not a bad thing but I was like very like intense it was like I guess intimidated by it I thought it was like really intense I was like I don't know do I want to do this my favorite part about your boyfriend we're still not using names for our significant others right we're keeping them nameless nameless so I kind of want I want to drop his name well, you have, I know you're, you're just like glowing it's gross oh my gosh I'll, um, I'll have to ask him for well you have to ask him first mm-hmm. um but one of the things that I liked and this is what if he's listening he will listen because he's like one of our only fans yeah that's true <laughs> But one of the things that I liked about him was we're in the season of Advent mm-hmm. and Advent is this time of preparation and penance before um, the arrival of Jesus and so before mm-hmm. Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And like Advent is very different from Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I hate the fact that huh, we've been playing Christmas music since November 1 and Christmas is like everywhere except for in our churches. It's really Advent in our churches. So yeah, it's purple. It's purple. And I want to create a space that's like similar liturgically. And I refuse in my house to decorate for Christmas until a week before Christmas. Which is... Which is great. Which is, which is great. I personally more like December 1, but like... No, but <laughs> but I loved when he was like, yeah, no, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And he, I'm like, you are a gem of a human. Yeah, I know. He, he was like, no, like a couple days before, you know, maybe I'll start pulling stuff out. <laughs> I'm not like he would like decorate or any way for Christmas. 
Christmas, but like he was very much a no. Yeah. Um, so with him, I was yeah, I was like very like like I was like this is a lot for me. But over time, I really have come to know the goodness of the Lord through mm-hmm. him, like really like and like really like intentionally like to grow with him and to learn how to like love and take care and like be there for him and also him for me as well um it's like really special and I've never felt that way with anyone before and like I really see God in that relationship Mm -hmm. so like you say like when was like the last time I feel like it's all the time because for him like he's one of the things that like he is showing me who God is Mm -hmm. and what he can do and therefore revealing mm-hmm. you more of who you are. Right. Like I've learned a lot about myself through my relationship with my boyfriend that I, look, I've learned how to like check myself, how to get my own shit together. I've learned how to be like vulnerable. And like, I've, I've also learned how to like communicate as well too. Cause he's a really good communicator. He is. And I'm not that great of a communicator. You're getting there. I'm getting it. Like I like communication. I'm just not good at implementing it. So yeah, the last time I feel like I, I I just see God in our relationship, and it's actually really nice to be in the faith with someone who's in the faith mm-hmm. as well. Like that plays a huge huge role, and like you know, at some point we can go like through like my dating history yeah, we'll and whatnot. Yes. But like it's it's and besides besides the faith part, like he is such like a really good person mm-hmm. and has shown me a lot. And I like, mean, I see great. like one flaw in him, but we won't talk about him last. You know what the flaw is. Oh, I actually don't know what, I, I don't know what you're thinking. Oh, okay. I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't put him on blast and all the rest of the people he works for. Right. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, anyway. We, we could, we could, we know that'll be a topic for it, another No, it has to be a topic. It has, it has to be. It has to be because it's important to it's us important. and what, what the dynamic looks like between your friendship and your relationship. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that I know that you're going through. And I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be cool to talk about it on the podcast, especially when it talks about dating people who are different than we are. Yeah. Who have been raised differently than we have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Your boyfriend's white and you're not. Yeah, he's white. We, <laughs> we've, we've had conversations about that and what that looks like. Uh, couple things have like come up obviously race related in our relationship not with him but like people like on the outside so like we've had like conversations about that and like what does that look like how that determine like our future it's something that like doesn't bother either of us but it's something that's always going to have to be in play does it bother you that you're going to have to raise black children with a man who's not black um sorry were you like thinking about that far into it no, I I didn't think of it that way. Oh, I guess I think about raising black children every day. Right. Yeah, because you know you and your yeah, because your boyfriend's black. Yeah, my significant mm-hmm. other is black. Right. Um, I don't know. It's it doesn't bother me. It I just know it's gonna have to be a lot of learning on and his a lot part. of him sitting down and not saying anything because he doesn't know about the black right. Experience. Right. I'm not scared because I can see that he is someone who will listen when he needs to listen mm-hmm. and will hear me out. But it's, it's, I, I just know it's going to be like trial and error in the sense of like, there's going to be moments where he won't understand a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who like, I don't mind 
like helping you learn or has explained to you but there's some moments where I just going like look you're gonna have to come back see like you know and that's so hard and that's another right like that's another podcast topic and we have a whole list mm-hmm. so if you guys want to like hear us talk about this like come back tune back in mm-hmm. listen to us on Inter- all... interracial dating yeah well, like in America that's the thing is I think about with my boyfriend is that like I'm not white he's not white mm-hmm but it still scares me that one day I have the potential to have a black son. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Like, but just just with the environment and society that we live well, in. Well, like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to raise my children differently than probably the person next door. Because statistically speaking, we'll live in the suburbs. Right. <laughs> right. And right. So, like, mm-hmm. so that's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like talking to Darren what Whoa. oh dear lord it's okay well you okay well anyway I'm gonna talk to my boyfriend Monday and like having that conversation of like I was raised differently than you mm-hmm. like the way that I view the world and the way the world has viewed me is very different mm-hmm. than how you've been raised in the world how the world views you and that is something that like he doesn't fully know because he right well, he, like he's he's from kansas yeah we're gonna totally pitch something right now but remember when we were watching um colin kaepernick's um limited series on netflix colin black and white watch it it's so good totally recommend Mm -hmm. um but there was this one moment where like they were talking about this scientific social like the social experiment not scientific well i guess it's a social experiment i don't know but where like kids were told like which is the bad one and they can oh, they pick the black one. Oh my god. Like gosh. which one do you want to play with? And they mm-hmm. pick the white one. Mm-hmm. So like which is the good one? And it's just like that's what we've been conditioned to believe. Right, right. Because also society just like the, the colors black and white, not race, mm. having been like black means like evil, white means like good yeah. purity. Right. And in terms of, I, in terms of just like the color, sure I mean that's not necessarily like bad but it, that has spread to like if if i'm a black person i'm sitting next to a white person you're gonna think of those two color bo- boxes right and you're gonna like be like oh which is the good which is that so like yeah so also that show is just really great is i i think what i like about that show is also colin kaepernick i don't look i agree with him some people may not or how whatever but why want to? I agree with him that he has a right to protest, and I agree with right. him that he has the right to voice his opinion. And I can say that mm-hmm. the way that he went about it was bold AF. Right, and what I'm and what I'm going to say about it is like whether you agree or disagree, that can be another time for discussion. But what I really like about it is that it shows his life from the beginning to I haven't finished it yet, but I guess to will eventually be like present day and like what happened when he did his protest. But like when you see the beginnings of his life and him growing up as a black boy, he's mixed, um, raised by white adults. Well, here's parents. the deal. Yeah, he's mixed. Uh-huh. But here we are talking about him as a black man. Right, because he's viewed, see, that's the thing. So he is, he is viewed as a black yeah, man. So he, he's a black man. He's, he's mixed, right? he's a black like, man. Yeah. So what I like about it is that it talks about his experience being black and in a predominantly like white neighborhood, white setting, and what that like does to him and what that means. And it really shows what the experience is like of a black person in America yeah. and raised what, by white by white people. Right, raised by white people and like what that means. And I think it's a really good blueprint to show why he does what he does, which 
I think will open a lot of people's minds if you're already feel iffy about the whole thing. So I re recommend that show a lot. I will finish it and then update you. But yeah, obviously circling back to Grace of God. Yeah, uh, no, or, but that's so it. Like, I think like, like, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, my in your man. relationship with with this man yeah it, 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 it just it's just shown a lot of good things and i feel well really, it's good like right like yeah feel fortunate that i can say that yeah you know so if you had a magic wand i'm giving you a magic wand it's my imaginary magic wand <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the sound of the wand <laughs> and you can change just one thing about the state of the world what would it be and why State of the world. Damn. There's a lot of things. Um, just one thing. Oh, just, oh, just one thing. You could only do one thing. One thing. Your magic wand. Your invisible magic wand. I mean, imaginary invisible magic wand can only do one thing. Um, I'm going to talk about, like, immigration. Yeah. For me, that is a huge thing. Just because... I am a daughter of immigrants. You said that like 20 times. I, I love that. Honestly, when I write my memoir, it's going to be like, there's going to be like some part of this daughter. That's literally like, I have a shirt that says. I know. We're, when we start our merch, it'll probably, we'll probably have our own merch. Yes. Yes. Um, no, I, I, I mentioned that a lot because it, you know, people have their different perspectives on immigration policy and, and this and that. And, some are valid, some I don't agree with, but I think the thing that I really want people to get behind is that you, people leave their own respective country for like many different reasons. And especially what's happening in a lot of places in the world right now, people are living, leaving not because they want to, but because they like have to. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are taking the humanity out of it mm. and are being very like oh well like don't come here and this and that and like i'm gonna put policy aside because that is a whole thing obviously you need like rules and regulations and this and that and whatnot but these are people who are coming in because they want a better life right there is something there is something in their home country that they need can't get that they have to go somewhere else and i just right. think it's the it's the um pull and push factor right. right and i feel people oh there's a lot of people not everyone but there's a lot of people who, like demonize immigrants and part of that really goes down it's, to like race mm. once again because you have a bunch of it's a bunch of people that got here so early that they didn't realize that their parents took over shit their right ancestors took over shit not parents but. right you know there's a lot of immigrants that we see come in are people who are you know black and brown not not white essentially i'm just saying that like not white so there's mm -hmm. like that factor um people who are coming in that like people view as like very different who don't muslim you know like muslim, muslim immigrants right people who don't fit into like the um in this case in america like the american idea of like what is to oh, be yeah. you know so i'm just really passionate about it because it means a whole lot to me and is something that has really influenced my life. And I'm just like, I want people to like understand that these are humans coming in. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm fortunate that like my family is in the luxury of like, they weren't escaping something. My dad was like, oh, the America's really cool. And I want to raise a family here. And he had a great opportunity. And then that's how he came. He wasn't just like, like right. Free ride. <laughs> right. Kind of like free ride. You know yeah. what I mean? He was like, oh, there was, there was no like war thing happening. Right. The government wasn't like after him. Right. But like, 
there's a lot of people who are in that situation. And even if you're not in that situation, I'm just like, you move for, you move for better opportunity. You move for all these things. And I want people to like humanize it. I think people don't humanize it. And that gets me like really, really frustrated. So if you had a magic wand, you would change immigration because current immigration tactics and suck. Is, yes. that, is that a good way to sum up? That's a good way. To, that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love you. I, <laughs> I love you too. I, I didn't cry in this episode. I, yeah. I don't think that that'll last very long. Um, <laughs> I'm so honored to know you, and I'm so excited that we're doing this together. Oh my god. Um. Yes, guys. This is my friend Luca Diachwafe. I am here. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just excited to like to do this, yeah. and I'm excited to talk about. Just so many things. With also a really great person. We're going to talk about Marilena in the next episode. Yeah. I want to be like Marilena when I grow No, up. I'm loud and moody and well, I'm loud. And I'm I can be moody too. <laughs> I can be moody. So like I mean I'm already I'm savage. <laughs> I mean like I'm essentially getting there anyway. Yeah, so. no, for sure. Well, guys, this is our podcast. Honor and Lamal. Until next time, stay hydrated, take your vitamins, and be kind. Bye for now. Bye, y'all.